Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and today's show originating from Scramblers in downtown Findlay with a full lineup of VIP guests as we celebrate 20 years of Good Mornings. Our special guests scheduled to appear for our 20th anniversary include Hancock County OSU Extension Educator Ed Lentz, Findlay Hancock County Economic Development Director Tim Miley, Hancock County Commissioner Tim Bechtel, U.S. Representative Bob Latta, State Representative John Cross, Findlay Mayor Christina Mern, and who knows who else might drop by. This is a special Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, June 10th, 2022. Thanks to Scramblers for hosting us because they they actually have opened their doors a little bit early for us uh, because they don't normally open until 6.30, but we're here, we're ready to go, and we invite you to join us for a free coffee. We've got uh, free giveaways and, uh, like we said, a full lineup of VIP guests to join us throughout the course of the morning. And uh, thanks to everyone who had a hand in making this happen, because uh, it's been really cool uh, to uh, see this show come together. It's not every day you celebrate your 20th anniversary. Um, So thanks to uh, uh, all of the staff, uh, thanks to to Mike and to Dave and uh, to Burley for helping us uh, set up this morning. Thanks to Bill back at the uh, studio. Spinning the dials, as they say, in old-time radio parlance. We don't actually have any dials anymore, but uh, in any event. Bill, thank you very much. You remember what you were doing 20 years ago? Yeah, spinning dials. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Uh, Yeah, actually, I do. I was working down in the Lima area, and as it turned out, uh, you were actually... uh, looking for a job at that time <laughs> and uh i remember seeing you down there you came down and applied for a job mm-hmm. down there but eventually uh uh fell into this yeah and uh here we are yeah it was kind of interesting the way this whole thing happened um because you're right i was looking at uh, a couple of different opportunities at various different places and uh lima being one of them and i got a call from uh, dave glass and said that they might be interested in, uh, there might be an opportunity for uh, the morning show on WFIN. And I was like, well, here's what I have in mind. So I made him, I gave him the pitch on this show, and and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And you know the other thing, oh, just to uh, interject real quick, uh, I have to thank uh, Dave and, and you and everybody else uh, kind of senior management at the uh, Findlay Publishing Company at WFIN, because over the years you have given me the freedom uh, to kind of do and, and develop this show however I see fit without a whole lot of kibitzing, and that's unusual in this business. Um, a lot of times you'll get people you know who want to insert themselves and in, in all of that, and obviously always open to suggestions, but uh, it's always kind of nice to have that freedom and that flexibility to kind of do what you do and 
Uh, and so I appreciate that. Well, here here's the dirty little secret, Chris, for you and and for all the listeners. We had secretariat, <laughs> and and all we all we had to do is just let it run. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody understands the analogy. I mean, uh, are you calling me a horses? <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> front and back. <laughs> but you know, it was a winning formula. And the last thing we were going to do uh, is mess with that. Now, I don't go back 20 years, but um, the last dozen or so that I've been here, I mean, why why would we change anything? <laughs> I mean, that that's the bottom line, at the risk of patting you on the back to the point where you're going to fall over. No, that's uh, okay. But By I, all means. What, what, I want, what I want to ask you is, <laughs> I mean, you spoke about um, the pitch for the show, yeah. Is it pretty much what we're hearing today? I mean, is that what you envisioned? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I wasn't sure exactly how it would develop uh, from where we... Because the, the very first show, uh, June 10th, 2002, sounded very different than what the show sounds like today, as you might, exist, uh, or might suspect. Uh, I think that would be the case with any show on any kind of media. I mean, things evolve over the course of 20 years. But uh, but it was the genesis was there, and it kind of built from that. And, yeah, this is kind of what I envisioned when we, when we started. So Well, here's, here's the other thing, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. When, when you tell people that uh, you do a radio show, they think you come to work, you sit down, you spend three or four hours, and then you go home and goof off the rest of the day or play golf or whatever, drink beer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you, you do a lot of work that people uh, don't see, don't hear, aren't aware of behind the scenes uh, to don't prepare for your show every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I will get asked that from time to time, you know, what is your day like? And just to kind of give you an idea, my day starts at about 3.30 in the morning and ends around noon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So the three hours that we are on the air from 6 to 9 a.m. is just a small snippet of, as a matter of fact, this is maybe the easiest part of the day. Uh, It's everything that goes into the show, getting ready before uh, the show begins, and then after the show is over, planning for the next day's show starts right away. And that's really the, the tough part and the, the work, quote-unquote, work. This is not work. This part of it is not work. This is the fun part. Yeah, this is where it all comes in. It's kind of like, you know, football. You know, the practice and everything. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then what you see on Sunday is the finished product of what's been worked on the entire week. Exactly. So yeah. when, when you started out, did you have an idea of the way you were going to carve up the show? And what I mean by that is... Uh, local versus regional versus national content? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think from the very beginning, and, and the philosophy has always been, you know, we're going to talk about things that are local in the sense of things that impact and affect people locally and things that people care about here in northwest Ohio, in Findlay and Hancock County. Now, that may be... Something that the is going on with the county commissioners, the the mayor, city council, whatever it might happen to economic development, whatever it might happen to be. Um, but then, 
people in this area also care about the election. They care about the economy as a whole. Uh, and so when those things impact all of us, then it is appropriate, I think, to reach out farther and, and have nationally known guests and experts in field in the fields. And then the part of it that I didn't necessarily expect, but I was pleasantly surprised by, is when you start getting the name out there and you start reaching out to publicists and uh, press people and uh, so on, your name gets on these lists and then they start calling you. I mean, we've had uh, best-selling authors on the program. We've had... Um, national political figures that I never thought we would ever be able to book. But once you get to be known, then you know you start to get those calls. And when they know that you put put together a quality product, when you uh, know what you're talking about, when you uh, ask uh, serious questions, and uh, when you're fair to people, uh, you know they'll they'll respond to that. So. That's been that's been really I think the the best part of this for me over the past twenty years. I know we're probably running short on time, so uh, I oh, we got all the time in the world. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what's well, good to know? Hey, it's your show, man. You just tell me when to stop talking. So twenty years ago, two thousand two. You ready for some of these? Okay. The social networking site Friendster was launched. Perhaps more significantly, Microsoft introduced Xbox Live, the online multiplayer gaming service. Wow. 20 years ago, we talk about things, uh, what goes around comes around. Ben Affleck was named People's Sexiest Man Alive. He and Jennifer (laughs) Lopez also got engaged that year. Wow. The first time, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. How about this? Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake announced their breakup after two and a half years of dating. I know. I was devastated. (laughs) Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton broke up after two years of marriage. Hmm. Remember this, Chris? Michael Jackson freaked everybody out when he dangled Prince Michael off the balcony of a hotel room in Berlin. Was that today? (laughs) Or was that just in 2002 in, two, in general? In 2002. Oh, okay. All of these okay. are from 2002. I got gotcha. you. Um, the Osbournes made its debut on MTV. It doesn't seem that long ago, does it? I know. You know the other thing? Speaking of it doesn't seem that long ago, kind of put 20 years in perspective. Um, this is the... I, I happened to catch this on the uh, Newswire this morning as I was perusing the Today in History list. Um, it was on this day 15 years ago... In 2007, that the Sopranos ended. Oh, my. And I didn't think it was 15 years ago. I thought it was much more recently than that. You know, I've never seen one episode of the Sopranos. I haven't either, but uh, everybody knows the ending of that, right? Right, yeah. 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 And I just, everybody was buzzing about that when the Sopranos ended, and I was thinking that was much more recently, but no, it's been 15 years. The Bachelor debuted in 2002. Wow. On television. Wow. Uh, Apple released its second-generation iPod, which held a then-whopping 20 gigabytes of storage space. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you know one other thing that actually did happen in 2002 on this day? Speaking of the Sopranos, John Gotti died. Oh, my. Yeah. 
That John doesn't Gotti seem that long on ago. On this day in 2002. Yeah, that doesn't seem that long ago either. So I don't know if there's any connection between the launch of this show and the death of John Gotti, but it just and the Sopranos and the and the, and the <laughs> Sopranos. Yes, yeah. Tiger Woods won his third Masters. Lance Armstrong his third Tour de France, although he was, uh, <laughs> of course, later stripped. Right. Big movies that year. Spider-Man, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I think that was the first Harry Potter movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, might have been. They I haven't the, seen any of those either. They were the three biggest movies of the year. Wow. Uh, let's see. Kelly Clarkson won the very first season of American Idol. Mm-hmm. And finally... The word selfie became popular <laughs> 20 years ago today. Wow. And by the way, Pretty cool 20 stuff. years later, it's uh, also not cool to say chillax. So <laughs> keep that in mind. I, you won't hear me say that today. All, all that stuff from 20 years ago, believe it or not. So in our 20th anniversary special anniversary program uh, this morning, again, we are live from Scramblers, downtown Findlay, thanks to the Buffalo Trading Company for making our broadcast possible. Hancock County OSU Extension Educator Ed Lentz has joined us here uh, this morning. And Ed, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We certainly appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure, and I, I definitely want to congratulate you on 20 years of doing this. It's like time has flown past. I, I, no kidding. <laughs> it is. We were talking uh, just before we went on the air here about all of the things that have changed in 20 years just personally. what You, you said your youngest graduated high school in 2011? Yes. And my oldest graduated yes. high school in 2011. So we were thinking 2002, they would have been, what, elementary school? Correct. Uh, so... <laughs> Man, and my kids now are my oldest is now going to be thirty this year, and our second grandchild on the way, and all of that. So a lot of changes in in twenty years. It is amazing what, what how time flies and what has happened, and yeah. what to expect here in the future. You know, at the in the opening of the program, we were talking about the idea of this show when we started it twenty years ago, and uh, Bill and I were talking about you know how I envisioned this show. You know what I envisioned it becoming. One of the things that was very important to me when we started was to make sure that we had a significant agriculture presence uh, on the program because it is such an important business, such an uh, important industry to this area, to Ohio in general, but uh, specifically to this area. And of course, Ag Talk uh, has run on the program, you know, since. Before the beginning of this program, uh, I know that's actually before, a little before your time. It would be Gary Wilson um, would have been the individual, yes. Yeah, uh, and and we've had agriculture news coverage as part of our overall programming, but we've made a concerted effort to make sure that we pay attention to what's going on in the business of agriculture because it is so important to this area. Oh, I think it is, and, and things have changed. I was just thinking this, maybe not from the business aspect. Uh, my phone's been ringing off the wall of questions about poison hemlock. When your show started, we didn't even have poison hemlock at all mm. in this county. And that's something that's come over the yeah. last 20 years. So that's, a, so that's not a good thing. It's not a good um, thing, but uh, we have some good things that have happened. I was Kind of compare where we are now in the ag industry, com- where we were 20 years ago. 
Well, you know, the ag industry is kind of like the tide, ebb and flow. We have mm. years that the cycles, things going very well, and things that are not uh, going as well as prices. Right now, we got a good prices, but like everything else, the input and inflation is right. whittling off what you might hope was a profit. And we've had some pretty lean years. Practically back when the show started would have been one of the leaner times. We also had a drought uh, earlier around that time. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, now all we hear about is, is algae blooms and fosters from farms. Right. And that's been kind of the second decade of your show has been the water quality issue. That right. And, and, and agriculture's uh, the way agriculture can help uh, improve water quality Correct. in the Lake Erie watershed. And what farmers are doing and the changes. Right that farmers have made to improve that. It's kind of interesting. Uh, one of the other things that you mentioned, you know, again, 2002, 20 years ago, the ag industry farmers were kind of struggling a, a little bit. Ethanol came along and really kind of busted them out of that funk, right? It, it did. I mean, it really gave them three to four years there of better prices, better grain prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, the latter part of the teens, they were in, in a funk again. And, of course, right now, we have good grain prices, but as, as I mentioned, input costs are high, and so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a catch-22. I've got good money coming in, but i got a lot of money going out to pay for the crop. What about the business of agriculture in the terms of how you do I would imagine today, as compared to 20 years ago, a lot more technology involved in that industry, just like every other industry. Well, some of the farming equipment that people have, the precision we can have in planting and harvesting and be able to keep data records. We're still in the data collection world of what do you do with all this data, because we can collect all that data on farms, and, mm-hmm. and how do we improve our system, we've used it to reduce fertilizer inputs on fields to help us with Lake Erie and other things. It's, right. It really is amazing, I think, back to the day when a person had to uh, kind of look ahead of them and see the fence post to make sure they go in a straight line. That uh, You know, we can do things at night now with guidance things and other stuff that you couldn't do that 20 years They ago. keep talking about uh, autonomous uh, farm machinery where, you know, farm will sit on his... Uh, Sit on his uh, deck there and you know control the tractor out in the back forty or what have you. Well, and you just speaking of that, you know we have drones now. We're kind of doing that. Yeah, and we're starting to look at putting pesticides on even with drones in the area here. So yes, I mean it is kind of like uh, the, the video games have come back to my farm operation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been a, an adjustment, I would imagine, for the old guard in agriculture. Um, has that led to more of a turnover uh, in terms of operations, turning that over to the next generation? Well, it will. We're actually in a transition right now where the average age of a farmer is 58. Yeah. And sooner or later, they're going to have to give it to the youngsters. And mm-hmm. so it's a, we're right in that period to see what's going to happen with that. One of the other things, and we're going to talk a lot more about this a little bit later on uh, with uh, Tim Miley, is economic development in this country uh, in this area in this county and uh, quite often that comes at the expense of agriculture you talk about uh i don't want to say urban sprawl because that's not necessary but it's kind of the same thing where you're eating up farmland for new development new housing new uh industry uh, obviously we know about the flooding and all of the issues with the Blanchard River uh and how that has impacted agriculture the mitigation efforts and and so on how how has that kind of take us through 20 years of that 
Well, we see a drop every year of land being taken out of agriculture. Of course, some of it is industry, some of it's ex- thinly expanded, some of it people want to live in the country, mm-hmm. and so they're going to buy that five yeah, to that twenty too. acres out mm-hmm. there. That, uh, in fact, the definition of a farmer, as long as your gross receipts is a thousand dollars, so you can you can still consider yourself a farmer. And I've only got five acres out here if I've got those receipts. Yeah. As far as the USDA is concerned, so it kind of skews things. But yes, uh, we look over time and we look at the area we have for. For production practices, it's, it decreases every yeah. year. Well, I mean, you just look at what we're talking about: solar fields, basin. You got a thousand acres going out right there. Yeah, that's going out of production right. in one year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were you doing twenty years ago? The twenty years ago, well, I I lived in Ohio in five years at that time. I was a district agronomist for OSU Extension, uh, so was really doing what my career path was was a professional agronomist. Where now I'm more of an educator, but still use the agronomy skills. So yeah. help, I was I was in an office in Finley, but not in the Hancock County one. I was in the district office, okay, uh, for Extension Service out there where the wildlife people are. We were on the second floor, okay. Uh, and so yes, that's that's my fifth. So I've been in Finley for twenty. 25 years, can't say it's been, I've loved every minute of it and enjoyed this show 20 out of those 25 years. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I knew there was a reason why we invited you That's here. That's right. Uh, again, Hancock County OSU Extension Educator Ed Lentz talking about uh, the influence, the impact of agriculture over the past 20 years and how uh, obviously that's been a very big part of what we have tried to do over the past 20 years. Ed, thanks very much for dropping it's by. It's been we my pleasure. And congratulations again on 20 years. Hancock County Economic Development Director Tim Miley uh, has dropped by, and uh, thank you very much for being a part of our show this morning. We certainly appreciate it. We were talking a little bit before we went on the air. You have a list of all of the... I don't even know if that's all of the... the Not all of them, but it's a lot of them. It's as many as I could fit on one paper. The businesses, downtown businesses, the industries that have uh, located, expanded opened over the past just the past 10 years yep. much less the past 20 yep. it's pretty amazing it's unbelievable i was sitting here thinking about your past 20 years of uh, oh boy this is the problem of doing live shows i got i got oh, dave, dave glass, glass looking at me in. through the yeah. window yeah <laughs> ignore him we always yeah. do <laughs> so but um think, thinking about downtown and central 7 really with with the flood right and and we've gone from vibrant downtown before then to devastation to Mm -hmm. revitalization and literally have 20 new businesses that are restaurants retail i mean in in, in different types and in 07 i'm not sure that a whole lot of people would have predicted that list based on what we had gone through with the flood i i don't think they did yeah and um you know remember shortly after 07 we we had this little thing called 08 and 09 in the economy yeah (laughs) that yeah that didn't help and, um, you know, as we talked about back in 2011, the, the stars kind of aligned. There was Marathon went through their, their restructuring. Um, we had some new leadership and elected offices. We had new business leaders in place, and, and everybody came together, and, and now we have what we have today, which is a fantastic downtown. And industry, again, has been, the growth there has been incredible over the past 20 years. We were talking yesterday uh, with Holly Frischi about the passing of John Kovach and all of the work that he did dating you know, back 30 or 40 years um, and that really set us on the path for what we have seen over the past decade plus. It's, it's the same model that we fortunately used since the early 80s when Mobile Oil was looking to take over Marathon is when mm-hmm. Cooper Tire and everybody 
we modeled after the Community Development Foundation, which John led early on. But it was, we brand it now, but it was the city, the, the county, the business, and education working together. You know, some of those first trips to Japan, the mayor went, the president of the university, Finley went, and the economic development director went. And every trip that I've been on, I've been on seven of those have all been the same model, and it's proven successful. It's kind of interesting. You were talking about, you know, after we had the flood, then we had the Great Recession, uh, the economic downturn. Now we are facing uh, the possibility of another big challenge economically uh, with the kind of inflation we've seen, the uncertainty, uh, perhaps another recession uh, is coming, supply chain issues, so many challenges right now. How do you how do you look at that compared to what we've already been through before? And do you draw on those kinds uh, of experiences to help you navigate this or what may be you, coming? You definitely learn from history. Yeah. So you take a look at the companies that in 08 and 09 who were successful. Anything that would be in the food industry, food processing, packaging, you know, Ball Corporation. It turns out that we drink beer when times are good, mm-hmm. and we maybe drink more beer when times are bad. <laughs> I'm going through. So you, you, have com- you have companies like that. You, you are at risk in, in this changing area right now with supply chain. Mm-hmm. I was at an event where the uh, CEO of Intel was speaking in Columbus a few weeks ago, the Ohio CEO Summit. He said, we may have to change from just-in-time logistics to just-in-case logistics, which was a pretty interesting way to put that. We used to not want to carry any inventory at all, and now you see what happened with the the baby formula mm-hmm. uh, shortage right. and everything. So thing, things are changing, and we're evaluating that, and we're tr- we always try to go after industries that can weather itself through some of the, the toughest times, and, and that's when you have a diverse economy, you're, you're able to do that. Now, I know you were not part of the economic development team 20 years ago. Right. Um, however... You look at all of the changes in the community, and when you talk about all of the industry that's uh, come in, the businesses that have opened, but then you also have infrastructure improvements. I mean, uh, we had this uh, huge uh, expansion and redo of the uh, I-75 interchange at at Trenton Avenue. We've got the one uh, on the way uh, at the County Road 99 uh, exit. Um, You know, these are things that... so we, we. you talk about infrastructure, uh, the uh, rail yard in North Baltimore uh, that has come up. Uh, in the, these are key uh, factors in allowing that kind of growth as those well. Are, those are generational changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you mentioned that I, I haven't been in economic de- I've been in economic development for Finley for 12 years now. Yeah. But the nice part is we've had continuity. I mean, mm-hmm. Dave's sitting here, and he's been involved in economic development from the very beginning. We have people like Chuck Bills that have been involved. But if you think about it, you had basically John Kovach, mm-hmm. and then you went to Doug Peters, and Tony Ridley and myself. So over the last 40 years, there's only been a handful of people that have really allowed for that continuity and mm-hmm. that long-term planning. So you're and talking about been, infrastructure. And there's been overlap there, too. Right. Uh, I mean, I know, for example, you were on the staff for a while uh, under Tony before Correct. he left to kind of un- start to understand what this quote-unquote Findlay formula is all about right. so that makes the transition even more seamless. Yeah, Tony I mean, mentored me through the whole thing but accelerated everything because I yeah. was able to meet everybody I needed to in town and, and form 20 years worth of relationships in five years under yeah. Tony. 
and to uh, and to get that going. So yeah, it's been an uh, interesting in process, but that's been the the whole secret to Finley's success in economic development is that it, we've primarily been private, and that that's not a slight on the, the public sector because we work with them every day, township mm-hmm. trustees, county commissioners. Yeah. Uh, the city of Finley, but it allows us to have that stability for long-term planning. It's interesting you mention that because I remember uh, when the Finley-Hancock County Economic Development Office, a- as it exists now, the structure that is exists now under the Finley-Hancock County Alliance, there were a lot of questions raised. Would this work? Is this the right well, way of doing it? And that happened on your 20 years because when you yeah. came here, it was Greater Finley, Inc. Mm-hmm. And then right. there were some personnel changes after Doug and Russ Rogers in the left of how this is going to work. So the county took a look at it. Regional planning at the time looked at it. City of Finley looked at it. And then ultimately, Greater Finley, Inc. reorganized to what we are now, which is the Finley-Hancock County Alliance. Right. And then uh, after we created that, then we gained alignment and we put those other entities on our boards of directors and they became partners and, and, and that's the Finley formula. Yeah. And then I bring all of that up to ask this question how has the process of economic development, doing what you do, how is that different now than it was 20 years ago? It, it's actually come full circle a little bit. So 20 years ago, quality of life was important. And then after the recession, no one talked about quality of life. They only talked about site development. Did you have shovel-ready? That was the key word. Mm-hmm. not a big fan of the word shovel-ready, but that was it. Did you have a shovel-ready site? And now with the, the tightening of the workforce, it came back to quality of life, which is why you take a look at what we've done downtown when we started this six, seven years ago for downtown, mm-hmm. the Center for the Performing Arts, the schools. We can stand up to any town our size, certainly, and we can compete with towns that are much larger than us with the amenities that we have because people, as we've seen post-recession, they're going to pick where they want to live and then they'll work in that community. So that that's probably the biggest change I've seen. Yeah, one of the things that we asked, uh, Holly, and we talked about with Holly yesterday mm-hmm. uh, when we were remembering John Kovach and the incredible influence he's had. Uh, the question that I posed to her, and I'll ask you the same question, where would we be now uh, had we not had John and, mm-hmm. and the the others? And, again, we were, he was not it was not a one-man show, sure. but he was certainly the hub of that wheel. Uh, but John and all of those around him that were so forward-thinking, can you imagine where we would be now? We would be like most 42,000-person communities. We wouldn't have anything that we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't have the diverse of companies with the seven Japanese, the German, the Danish, the Italian. We wouldn't have the university that we have, the campus, the international students there. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can look around the U.S., you can look around Ohio, the Midwest, and demographically search communities 30 to 40,000. And then when you come here, there's a, there's a difference. Yeah. And they're the ones who started that difference in the 80s, and, and we continue to with that same philosophy and it's proven successful. We were talking about the story of meeting with the Japanese mm-hmm. during the development of Tall Timbers, the yeah. early development of Tall Timbers, selling that to those companies. Yeah. And uh, the question coming up about the foreign trade zone. Right. And John jumped in and said, <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah. when he had no idea what it was. Right. Would you have ever done that? Uh, you know, maybe back in the 80s, back when there wasn't 
No, there was an internet, and you can you you didn't have instant information. I can tell you right now. Um, and I, I heard her interview, and she said her dad could spew the BS a little bit. You can't get by with that anymore because there's instant fact checking. So we talk about the changes in I mean, economic we had a, development then versus now. We had a Korean company in uh, two months ago, and they're looking at a four billion dollar investment here in town. Yeah. And we got done, and they thanked me for shooting straight because they said. You know, some communities will just try to, you know, say whatever they yeah. need. Yeah. And um, so there's a time and place for that. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Finley Hancock County Economic Development Director Tim Miley with us this morning, uh, reminiscing about the progress of the past 20 years and looking ahead to the future uh, certainly looks bright. Tim, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Congratulations, Chris. Honored to be joined this morning at our 20th anniversary program here at Scramblers uh, by U.S. Representative Bob Latta. Congressman, thanks very much for uh, stopping by being well, a part of the thank program. Thank you very much. I'm uh, honored to be able to take part in this 20th. I, Congratulations. I t- thank you very much. I have to say, uh, uh, you were definitely on the short list of folks that we wanted to try and get on the program because, uh, in all honesty, I have to say, uh, you have always been very gracious to make time to join us on the program whenever, you know, we pick up the phone or we send an email. Uh, it's sure, absolutely, uh, the congressman would be happy to join you and, and we certainly appreciate that. Well, I tell you what, you, uh, do a great service to the community and one of the things we've always talked about about our local radio that uh, without you out here, you're the ones that are telling people about the events that are happening in the community. You're talking about all the charitable events, all the charitable things that you all do on the radio. But also, you also take, uh, you know, when we have rain, bad storms, you name it, people know what's happening. We've had a few of those over the past 20 years. (laughs) Over your 20 years, you've seen it all. And uh, also, I know that you have a very busy schedule uh, this morning, and I appreciate you uh, making time, especially especially uh, this early, because I know you were up late last night watching the January 6th uh, hearings in primetime last night, right? You were just... Well, I hate to admit, I was traveling. I was coming back. Uh, 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 they uh, canceled session for the day, so which really helped things out uh, to get back to the district, but uh, I, I kind of missed that. So. You know, I, I was saying before we went on the air, actually, in, in all honesty, you were, I saw the pictures, you were uh, meeting, greeting the uh, Honor Flight folks uh, earlier this week. Uh, I know from here, you're heading over to uh, Crawford County, and you were saying you're going to be in Stryker uh, later on, it maybe? We could be in Stryker so. and Defiance tonight, and back to Hancock County, Wood County, and up to Fulton County tomorrow, and then Fulton County Fair starts on Sunday. So a uh, busy weekend uh, <laughs> for you. Normal. This is yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it is amazing. All of people don't see that part of it. I mean. Yeah, they will see you uh, out and about, and obviously they know you're in in Washington for you know uh, doing what you do. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes of what you do that goes into it. Well, you know, there's people don't realize you're right because there's Washington, but then there's the district. Right, and the district's most important because this is you know we have all of the constituent work that has to get done uh, late last night because I, I sign every constituent letter that goes out. That's Produced by all, you know, to VA or Social mm-hmm. Security or you name it. 
And so last night before I went to bed, the last thing I did, I sat at the kitchen table and signed all those letters so they wow. could get sent out today. Yeah. And then it's back on the road because, again, this is where, you know, you, you find out what's on people's minds. And I tell you something else. I, I can tell, you know, I'm on the Energy and Commerce Committee. When you're driving around northwest mm-hmm. Ohio and yep. I, when I had to fly back because the Meet the Honor flight on Monday morning, Gas went had gone up to 509 in Bowling Green on Monday morning. Right, it's it's hurting. Yeah, uh, every uh, working American out uh, there. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we've been doing all morning long is kind of looking back, reflecting on 20 years, where we are now versus where we are then. How has uh, representing this district in Congress changed over the time that you have been? Uh, Representative and, and the time that you have been in politics, how has that changed? Well, I, 20 years ago, as I look back, I was in the, still in the state legislature. Right. This is my eighth term in Congress. But I think mm-hmm. really the big thing is, is that how people, one, get the news, how they're getting their information, right. and how fast it's got to turn around. And I remember mm-hmm. years ago when I went to the uh, Senate back in 1996, and I was put on the committee, believe it or not, to to figure out how we're going to get computers to all the members in the state <laughs> general assembly. Wow. But I can still remember one of the things I told everybody. I said, you know what's going to happen is once we get computerized, people are going to think that when they send something in, it's going to have to be, it's going to be turned around instantly. But we still have to work through the entire process. Mm-hmm. And so that's that casework that has to be done. But I think a lot of it is so much of the information that people get or not getting this information you might say right. sometimes it goes across the internet well i was going to say you know that you know there's an upside and a downside it cuts both ways that technology that allows you to uh stay in touch uh with constituents probably easier than ever and you know get the message out as to what it is that you're doing for residents of the district uh those that you represent uh, that's the positive, but there's, you know, there are the negatives that go along with that, and obviously we've seen very uh, polarized uh, electorate these days, and a lot of that comes out of that same technology as well. Well, you know, I know people always talk about the polarization, but, you mm-hmm. know, I always tell, I was a history major, and I still read history all the time, especially our American government history. And yeah. We didn't have parties when we initially started this in this country. We started within the first Congress. We had, quote-unquote, factions. You mm-hmm. had the Hamiltonians, the Federalists. Yeah. You had the Jeffersonians. And, and I tell you, you look at some of those races that they had back then, <laughs> and what they did was they each started their own newspapers, and I'm yeah. telling you, it was Pretty, you, you had Brutal. You pretty tough skin. Brutal. <laughs> is it is it easier to do uh, what you do now? I mean, to legislate now is it harder? Is it about the same as it uh, you know, has always been? You know, I think that one of the things. You know, my dad served in Congress for thirty years from nineteen eighty nine right. to nineteen uh, or nineteen fifty nine, nineteen eighty nine. And people always kind of forget this. Dad was in the minority for 30 years. Right. Never, never yes. held a gap. Republicans didn't have control. Mm-hmm. And so it was really one-party control for all all those decades. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden now we're having this kind of going back and forth, and good Lord willing, this fall that we're going to take back control of the House, and so it'll shift again. Yeah. But, you know, what you have to be able to do, and I was just talking to some people about this yesterday, you've got to find points that you can agree with people on to get things done. Democrats I've worked with, you know, on like grid security or uh, when you look at nuclear technology and all these different things that are out there that we want to make sure that those are the areas, you know, sometimes yeah. we can work on. I always, we laugh about it. We say, well, we can work together 5% of the time. We cancel each other out the other 95%. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, that's part of it. So yeah. It's just getting out there and working on it. 
Again, uh, Congressman Bob Latta with us uh, this morning, part of our uh, 20th anniversary. But before I do, uh, you get me off the air here, I would like to give you something I had prepared. This is I had a congressional record statement prepared oh in goodness. your honor. Uh, and uh, really thanking you for all your years of service to your community. And, I am touched. Uh, it's, it's, so I just want to thank you for everything you've done. I, uh, I am honored and I am speechless. Thank you very much, sir. I well, appreciate it. Thank you it. very much. Congratulations. And look forward on, to. On tw- and another 20 more, years. Yeah, many more conversations. <laughs> I don't know about for another 20 years. Uh, that's what everybody keeps saying. Oh, we're going to start the uh, next 20 years. Well, we'll see. But uh, uh, here's hoping that you are around for all of those. Uh, Bob, thanks very much. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Lots of dignitaries stopping by to see us uh, and share our 20th anniversary. We're at uh, Scramblers in downtown Findlay. And, uh, yeah, pass out the uh, pass out the mugs. State Representative John Cross, Hancock County Commissioner Tim Bechtel uh, have uh, dropped by. Uh, for Tim, this is real easy for you because you're like right next door. You're Thanks for uh, patronizing one of our tenants. Hancock <laughs> <laughs> County Commissioners right next door to uh, Scramblers here. Um, so thank you very much for uh, for dropping by. We appreciate it. And uh, State Representative John Cross uh, with us uh, again. You know, just like we mentioned with uh, with Congressman Latta, uh, certainly appreciate. Both of you, actually, but especially John, you uh, because you call me off. too damn early in the morning. <laughs> My God, you look good for twenty years. <laughs> I can tell. You, you know what? Look. Sometimes I can tell that when we get you on the program, what? you're not quite awake what? yet. No, I'm not. I'm not. And I listened to myself. I was going through the, on the last phone call we did. Yeah. About the the capital budget. I'm like, my yeah. God, I sound awful. Like, get that guy a cup of coffee. <laughs> And and then you said, hey, we're doing the 20-year anniversary show. I need you to be here in person, which is like, you know, even I, I had to like, I got the highway patrol chasing me just to get up there, <laughs> driving fast. Well, I do appreciate it. You got, well, I got more gray hair than you do. My God. I know. Hey, I, thanks for having me. I, uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, Tim, what were you doing 20 years ago? <laughs> I was. You were um, just talking. You were just talking. Your yeah, uh, youngest. Both of my sons were, of have been born during the life of your show. So, for the next generation, for the next generation, they do not know a time when you. we did not have good mornings. Yeah, on the air. yeah. My older one, who is uh, going to be a junior in Ohio State, and he's in the marching band, but he's. Out in Connecticut this You're summer. You're trying to make me feel old now. Yeah, he, he you was said born. he was a junior. I was thinking high school. He's no, in junior at Ohio, to Ohio State. State. Oh my goodness. Um, he's <laughs> in uh, aerospace engineering and doing a um, summer internship at Pratt and Whitney Jet Engines out wow. in Connecticut this summer. That's awesome. But he's going to come back for the marching band in the fall. And um, my younger one um, graduated valedictorian of Corey Rawson here this spring, and he's headed to BGSU for business school wow. next fall. So. Wow, that's but amazing. Twenty years ago, I was. Uh, uh, finishing my internship at RCM Architects, mm-hmm. and that spring I uh, left and went to uh, Peterman uh, Associates to um, soon then uh, thereafter become their head architect for about 14 years before becoming a commissioner. So. What made you decide to run for commissioner? I mean, um, what was the impetus had, for that? We had dealt with so many different county projects over the course of. 20 some years designing projects you know mm-hmm. the the bmv hadn't been built yet 20 years ago yeah um i got to design that when i was at peterman 
worked with so many different commissioners, and that's a little trivia for you. How many commissioners do you think have served in Hancock County since you went on the air 20 years oh, ago? Oh, man. Do you have that yeah, number? Yeah, I know exactly how many. How many? Nine. Nine. Including wow. the three that are there now. There was I have outlasted, I've outlasted nine commissioners. Nine commissioners, yeah. <laughs> There's, that's that's, that's got to be worth something. Yeah, worth something. And uh, John, what what were you doing 20 years ago? <laughs> Probably in a college bar somewhere. No, I, <laughs> uh, where was that? That's uh, funny. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> you look I familiar. Enough, I was young enough. I could I still do that. Uh, let's see. 20 years ago. My gosh, I'm 43. I was just graduating from college, yeah. starting my career. Uh, before I before I went west and uh, graduated Ohio State in 2002 and started working in the legislature as a legislative aide, I think. I, it was politics always on your radar? Yeah, you, you know, I I tell the story. I got my, I guess I got my political bug from my eighth grade trip to Washington D.C. Hmm. And uh, but but you know, I had a great career in business and real estate. And uh, and some political jobs, and uh, it was really healthy uh, for me, I think, to to do all that first, to see the world, to see mm-hmm. even even leaving Ohio, working in, in in states that were business friendly like Texas, and then working in states that weren't business friendly like California, and using that now to our advantage to understand how can we make yeah. Ohio a competitive state. Uh, it was very, it was good. You could, I couldn't have, you know, I wouldn't want to go back and do Groundhog Day and relive all those years, <laughs> but uh, it was it was. It was good. It was the right time. And coming back here, and I love doing economic development. I listened to Tim Miley this morning on the way up, and and um, you know, uh, it's it's exciting to do that stuff because you're making a a, a positive impact for your community, yeah. legacy projects. So it's exciting. Well, I, I know you haven't been in state politics for a super long time yeah. in terms of holding elected office. Uh, so maybe it's a bit premature. Maybe on our next 20th anniversary yeah. or 40th anniversary, <laughs> we'll ask you this question. Wheel me in here. Be a, a lot deeper uh, into this. But how is it different, or how have you seen it change over the time, just being able to, the process of legislating, is it is it becoming easier? Is it harder? Uh, I, I mean, you know. I think it's. The, I honestly think it's the. Uh, it's the same. It still takes the the talent of relationship building, because uh, so so I actually just talked about this the other day. As a freshman member, I passed. Five, let folks know we're getting things accomplished uh, out of Columbus, but to do all that takes time and energy, and it takes a lot of uh, relationship building with other legislators. Was it was it what you expected to be when you got into? It? For the most part, yeah, yeah, because I'd had so much experience with dealing with the commissioners prior to becoming mm-hmm. a commissioner. You know, yeah. I, I don't know, John, did, did you end up going to Buckeye Boy State when you were younger? No. no okay. No. I, I had that experience, but, you know, it, being in politics was never on my radar because I yeah. was so actively involved in my architectural career. Mm-hmm. And I'm still the only architect in the state of Ohio that's serving as a county commissioner, and I wish <laughs> there would be more around the state because I think architects have a lot a lot to add to that position yeah. uh, and, and contribute in that way uh, publicly. So, uh, well, I, I mean, I think for all of us that run for office, we're all a little weird, and uh, you know, we have we have our egos to fill. But you know, it's you, you have to be a people person, and you have to love uh, the public. You have to love public service. I mean, yeah. this this is a public service job, no matter what title you hold. Uh, you, and, and one of the, the the best parts I love about this is when you go to Columbus. 
Uh, there's 99 of us in the house, and we're all fighting for our districts. We're fighting for resources. And uh, the the fun part for me is kind of the arm wrestling uh, of getting in there and scrapping to fight for dollars, just like mm-hmm. we talked about the capital budget, bringing right. money back right. home to the district. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good feeling to know that when you come back home, you helped your community uh, access funding or pass some bills that will help improve the community. But also, we don't do this forever. And I think there's really something neat about, you know, term limits. I think it's really good that, you know, if the voters will have me for four more years, I can run for four more years in the House, and then it's someone else's turn. And a fresh set of eyes, and and that's healthy. John Cross and uh, Tim Bechtel with us uh, this morning. And, uh, by the way, Tim will uh, take that check now from you, John. Yes. Fact, yeah, since, yeah. You're, <laughs> since you're here, <laughs> you may as well just go ahead and write There's your $30 million. Don't <laughs> mess it up. <laughs> you know, one of the... I, I, I'm not sure if it was original, uh, whether we did the broken news in the very first Good Mornings program, I can't remember, but it has been a staple of this program for years and years and years, and is one of the most buzzed about parts when people stop me on the street. Uh, they always talk about these strange broken news stories we come up with and so we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert what would good mornings be without the broken news we have a collection uh this morning a special 20th anniversary collection of broken news uh did you hear about this geico the uh, car insurance company everybody knows geico they have been ordered to pay 5.2 million dollars to a woman who contracted a sexually transmitted disease while uh, being intimate with her partner in a car that the company insured. <laughs> According to news reports, the woman, who would like to remain anonymous, probably for obvious reasons, argued that the company's policy provided coverage for her injuries and losses incurred in the car. And because she contracted an STD for her uh, activities in the car, she was entitled to a payout. This week, a Missouri appeals court agreed with an arbitration court that Geico had to pay up to the tune of $5.2 million. (laughs) Okay. Elsewhere in the broken news, two people being treated at a Pennsylvania hospital after falling into a vat of chocolate at an M&M plant. (laughs) This again, you can't make this up. Initial reports did not indicate how the two fell into the chocolate tank, but it became clear that they were unable to get themselves out. Now, apparently they were not uh, in danger of drowning in chocolate, literally. Uh, They were only about waist deep. But they couldn't get out. Firefighters had to be called in to cut a hole in the side of the vat to remove them. Uh, the victims rescued yesterday afternoon and taken to the hospital for a medical evaluation. One of them uh, transported by helicopter, because I'm assuming it was pretty hot. Um, there's no word yet on either of their conditions, but they are expected to recover and investigation is ongoing. So what did you do at work today? That's how you know you have a bad day. That's how you know you're having a bad day. If you work at a chocolate factory and you fall into a vat of hot chocolate, <laughs> that's 
That's how you know you're having a bad day. Residents in Oregon uh, are, it says here, tired of finding bags of human waste left along roadways in uh, Maltonoma County, Oregon. Bags of human droppings, not dog droppings, human droppings. And this has been going on since 2018, apparently. More than 500 bags have been found in uh, the eastern part of the county. Uh, Authorities point out it is illegal to leave the waste, and county code enforcement officials want to find the person responsible. Residents say they don't want to clean up after this perennial pooper either. The uh, county's code enforcement division is asking anyone with tips that can identify the person to contact them. I don't know, maybe DNA? I'm just saying. Weird. And why would you do that? That's the other, why would you... Uh, this is uh, kind of interesting. People usually don't go into a marriage wanting to get a divorce, but sometimes the inevitable happens. This from the international file of the broken news. Ir- irreconcilable differences are a fairly common reason for the split. One man in India uh, made the reason for his divorce very clear, and that reason, his wife only cooked and served instant noodles every day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, according to the New Indian Express, M.L. Raghunath, uh, judge in India, explained that the husband said his wife did not know how to prepare... Let's try that again. His wife... The husband said his wife did not know how to prepare any food other than noodles. So it was noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He complained that his wife went to the store and bought only instant noodles. The judge added that the divorce... Was consensual. Was a... <laughs> they both decided maybe it's better we just move on. <laughs> I would think that would be grounds for divorce. I, I mean, I like noodles as much as the next guy, but not breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, a thief in Syracuse, New York, stole a truck belonging to a popular donut shop took it for a joyride, and dumped it in the city's inner harbor. Paul Valenti, owner of Glazed and Confused, what a great name for a donut shop, Glazed and Confused. Uh, The owner uh, told local news reporters that he showed up to work Thursday morning to find his truck missing. He said, I just figured someone moved it to the parking lot, but then it wasn't there either. Uh, After an employee who left the shop at 3 a.m. that morning said he didn't move it, Mr. Valenti called the police, who confirmed that it was not towed away either. And that's when they realized it must have been stolen. Mr. Valenti posted a photo of the truck on Twitter and asked for the public's help in finding the portable donut factory. Within five minutes, six customers had called him to say that they saw the truck. Uh, Minutes later, police found the truck with its exterior undamaged, but the inside was trashed. No donuts were damaged in the heist. Uh, it's amazing the power that social media has, he said. This has to be the quickest case ever solved, thanks to the community. And as for the police who recovered the truck, they got some donuts for their efforts. So, if you steal a truck from a donut shop, uh, the police are going to be all over that. You know, they're, they're going to be all over that one. There you go. Uh, that is today's Broken News Report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. 
of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. We've saved the best for last. There we, go. we can look at that, look at it that exactly. way. I don't want to say that too loudly because I don't want to, you know, offend anybody who's been with us before. But been there. <laughs> He's got his nose pressed up against the glass now. <laughs> Still waiting for his pancakes. Finley Mayor Christina Mern is uh, with us uh, in the. Uh, I was going to say in the studio. That's my my. I'm You're used to saying that, but it's not really the studio. studio. It's the. <laughs> The, our little area of scramblers uh, where they have set a, uh, a side for us. Thank you very much for uh, coming by and of being course. a part of the show. Wouldn't we certainly appreciate it. it. The uh, grand poobah of the city. It is always <laughs> uh, wonderful to see your smiling face. Um, I can't ask you what you were doing 20 years ago. I suppose. Everybody knows I'm young, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I was enjoying the city of Finley. You know, I'm Finley born and raised, so I was trying to think, you know, some of the fun things that have happened. Like, I remember being out at the build for Fort Finley at Emory Adams, mm, like the park. Yeah, and, the playground. You know, that was mm-hmm. a little bit before uh, 2002, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, I just love seeing how much it has changed and kind of... I've grown up with what's the been the biggest what's been the biggest change uh, for you I would say Which, definitely the downtown mm-hmm. you know growing up we would walk downtown periodically but it just it didn't have the life that it does now mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of empty storefronts and not a lot to really attract people downtown and so it's been great to see how it's really revived and there's been a lot of strategic investment from both the public sector and so many community members that care about the future of Finley and, and have put their money where their mouth is and, and really made our community come alive. We uh, kind of talked about this with, uh, with John and, and with, uh, uh, with Tim. Was being mayor always on your radar? You know, it, it really wasn't. However, I always was interested in politics and government growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I was involved in student government and you know did i know tim bechtel mentioned buckeye boys state so i did buckeye girls state and was speaker of the house okay so i've always kind of naturally leaned toward into it and been involved in helping with campaigns but i had kind of resolved myself to being in the private sector and supporting government officials from that side um but it you know, when when they call, when I got the call, like, hey, you know, we're Lydia's re- going to be stepping down, and we need somebody that's going to carry the torch. It felt very natural, and I was like, I would love to be able to serve the community that I care so much about. And you know, Lydia used to always joke that I was kind of the unofficial mayor because anytime anyone would say anything negative about the community, I was like, <laughs> well, let's understand that, and like, what do you want to see changed? And mm-hmm. well, did you know about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Um, and so I was always really advocating for the community before I even took over as mayor officially. Yeah. Uh, and again, same question we asked them is is now that you have been in this position for a while, is it? everything you expected it to be? You know, I really came in with probably no expectations. Mm -hmm. I really was just prepared to do whatever the job needed uh, to be done. And serving as mayor is really the chief executive officer for the city of Finley, and I love the variety of issues that I get to deal with. I love the daily operations and managing our team, planning for the future, supporting businesses, representing our community around the country and world. so I, I didn't really have any expectations coming in, but it's been, I really love it. it. It's been a lot of fun. And you get to be on the radio. 
And so, I get to be I on mean, the radio. Like, you know, how cool am yeah, I? Like, who go. gets to be on? I, I get go. to be on the radio with the Chris Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best part of the job. Best part of the job. Um, probably the best part of the job is, like, citizens coming up and, like, thanking me for doing the job, right? Like, so often I hear the negative and people complaining about sure. things or how I'm a terrible person or whatever it may be. <laughs> and so when people say thank you and I know that I'm having a positive impact on their lives, that's really the best part of the job. You know, it's funny. Uh, I would probably say almost exactly the same thing. It's really easy for people to criticize sometimes. So when people, yeah. you know, stop you and say, hey, good job or enjoyed this or something like that yeah and it's so funny like i don't really ever feel like that like special or important and then when i like have little kids like realize i'm the mayor and they freak out like it's pretty cool like you feel like a celebrity yeah um and that's it's really exciting it's like oh that's so cute you have something here uh that we want to uh turn the microphone over yes So, Chris, obviously you've had such an impact on our community over the last 20 years that I wanted to recognize Good Mornings with Chris Oaks Day today. So (laughs) I'm going to read a proclamation. It's not uh, anything super exciting, but really important. So whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks is celebrating its 20th anniversary, and whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks went on the air June 10th, 2002, and whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks quickly became must-listening radio each weekday morning, And whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks provides listeners with the information needed to start the day, the latest news, sports, and weather information. And whereas during the school year, listeners know that they can rely on Good Mornings with Chris Oaks for the latest school delay and closing information. (laughs) And whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks covers the important local and regional issues as well as relevant state and national issues as well. Whereas Good Mornings with Chris Oaks conducts interesting interviews and compelling guests on a daily basis. Now, therefore, I, Christina M. Mern, Mayor of the City of Finley, Ohio, do hereby proclaim June 10th, 2022, as Good Mornings with Chris Oaks Day in Finley, Ohio, and invites all citizens to join with her in congratulating Chris Oaks and WFIN for 20 years of Good Mornings with Chris Oaks and recognizing the con- contributions made in keeping our community informed. Congratulations. Thank you very of much. Course. I am My truly pleasure. humbled, and uh, thank you. I, I I don't know what to say. That is uh, that is terrific. And I appreciate that you, <laughs> that you even organized the uh, drive-by yes. The, were, uh, uh, we wanted some know. extra flair so, yeah, from, <laughs> from the cool. fire yeah, and fire police response. response <laughs> I know. There, so that is uh, very cool. Uh, I will treasure that. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I certainly do appreciate it, and I appreciate, as we mentioned with all of our other guests, I appreciate you always making yourself available whenever we pick up the phone and call and, and want to have you on, uh, knowing that sometimes I will ask questions that maybe <laughs> you don't want to answer, uh, but uh, it is uh, appreciated, and thank you very much. Yes. Here's uh, many more uh, of those yeah. Yes, to 20 more. <laughs> Again, everybody keeps saying that. I'm not sure that we'll make it to 20 more. Uh, but uh, my goal is to outlast every one of you. So There anyway. we go. Okay. <laughs> Mayor oh. Christina Mern, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Congratulations, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today as we put 20 years in the books. A big thank you to all of our guests for joining us on the program today and helping us celebrate our 20th anniversary. As always, remember you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. We are always on 24-7 on the World Wide Web. Quick programming note, no podcasts next week. Actually going to be taking a little time off uh, next week. Hey, I put 20 years in the books. I think I've earned it. 
Uh, we're going to take some time off, and uh, we will be back to the next all-new Good Mornings Podcast Edition. Kick off our second 20 years. We'll see if it see if we last that long. Monday, June 20th for our next podcast. So until then, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here on Monday, June 20th.